Hour number two of Canuck Central. We're in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, the Monday menu, a uh, <laughs> a great success. Uh, Mike and Willoughby on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650-650. Myers is on the a la carte menu. That's from uh, Mike and Willoughby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff in East Hill says, uh, from what we saw last night, nobody's on the menu, gentlemen. Yes, everybody's off the menu, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve says, uh, Jack Rathbone, definitely off the menu. Well, yeah, from those players that are trending up, they are definitely not on the menu. Let's bring in uh, our next guest. He's on uh, the lineup menu. It is uh, Don Taylor. He joins us every single Monday. Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon, check TV. My producer didn't like that segue there, Donnie. Was it, was it wasn't the best. I've had better, I guess. Oh, no, that's, that was good. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the it, slightly corny segue. Yeah. That's, that's, that's broadcasting 101. That's the first day of school. You got to have some corniness and some campiness, right? That's my whole career. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, I hear you, man. No, I, well, I mean, and it, we'll keep, I'll, I'll keep going with the, with the segue. So what's on the birthday menu tonight? Ooh. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, Happy birthday, Donnie. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. Um, the birthday menu, like pretty much every uh, day over the last 10 or 12 years in the fall and winter, there's some minor hockey going on tonight with one of my boys. So that's, that's about it. I would, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty addictive. I love it. And I'm, I'm all for that. So that's, that's outstanding. You know, it's Monday, right? So there's only so much you can do. <laughs> uh, it sounds, uh, sounds like a pretty good, uh, pretty good birthday to me. And I'm, I'm sure uh, it'll be a better performance uh, than what we saw last night from the Canucks, right? Yeah, that was just, uh, when you have people uh, texting you about the, you know, and reminding you that it wasn't the Canucks' all-time worst loss. You know, it was close, but it, but it wasn't. And I'm talking regular season playoffs or uh, preseason. Uh, you know, things are bad. That was just. Uh, <laughs> but they weren't playing the '80s so, Oilers, Donnie. It was just no, like <laughs> no, but they were no, but they were playing the you know the Flames of this year. You know yeah. that. You know, so and they were the Abbotsford Canucks. So I guess if you could make an excuse, that that would be it. What. It wasn't totally unpredictable given the lineups, but it was still embarrassing, if that makes any sense. Like, it just, it, 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 they were just so out of their league. It was pretty, pretty stark. You know, it, it is tough because, yeah, I, I know the, the talent gap between the rosters was, was pretty large, but there are a few players, you know, with uh, a chance to, to make the NHL club that were playing last night. And if you're Noah Juleson or maybe Jet Wu or some of these other players, you know, they, they didn't show Rick Tockett much to earn or get a higher placing on his chances or his decision for making the opening night roster. Yeah. Just, it was, you mentioned Jet Wu and not to pick on him. He was minus five, but you know, the, the night was summed up very early when, you know, the opening goal went in off a skate. Yeah. And, you know, that just, that, and things just snowballed from there. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, you, you were looking for some more from, I would say, put Coles in. I thought, you know, he, he just looked a little bit, uh, he, the gears were turning a little too much uh, for me. And, and certainly, you know, very few people of the, the defense did anything to convince uh, to convince you that they, you know, shouldn't spend the season in Abbotsford or elsewhere. And then, 
you know, the, the other thing, too, is I think some people were a little bit surprised about uh, not so much with Tanner Pearson moving on, but getting a backup goalie. Uh, you know, because when Seelofs came off the world championship, everybody thought, okay, there, there's, there's, there's your backup. And then we see what we saw last night. Not that it was the be all and end all. Everybody's going to have a, a bad game, but then you're thinking to yourself, okay, okay. That, that, this makes sense. This makes a whole lot of sense uh, now. So yeah, there, it was just a night full of, uh, full of disappointment. Nobody expected a win but you just expected, you know, more players to show some spark. Absolutely. And, and you know what? And to me, it comes down to individual players more than anything else. And, yeah. you know, outside of Atu Ratu and Akito Hirose and some moments from Niels Hoaglander, we just didn't see enough. And in a situation like that, as much as we can sit here and say, well, hey, they're, they, have, they don't have a lot of support around them. Well, if you don't have a lot of support around you and you can't do anything, that means you can't be more than a support player yourself, potentially, at least you're not ready to be more than a support player yourself. So when I look at a guy like Put Colson even, and perhaps even Niels Hoagland, like what's on your what's your take when you see those guys, especially Put Colson, see as pass see him be as passive as he was in a game like that. Yeah. I, I like Stanika's game yesterday yeah. too. But but th- as far as um that goes uh, Sat, I think maybe you're going down this road. I I'm not saying I hate it, but I really dislike the the, the um thought that well um he couldn't do anything because he didn't have any support. Yeah, and, and you know, like, and I, I and I, I get that to to an extent. And I remember ar- arguing with this on the air with Pratt. I, I just, you know, way, way back when, I, you know, if you're a National Hockey League player or if you have that desire, and everybody does, to stick around in the NHL. If you're a fringe guy, show me something. Don't worry about who you're playing with. Show me what, or you know, use those players, or show me what you could do to make those players better to make yourself stand out. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't buy that. Oh, he had no support. He's got, he's got no one to play with, you know, especially in preseason, make, get, get yourself noticed out there. And there just weren't enough of those players last night. You know, uh, Vasily Podkolzin continues to be a big part of the conversation here. 10th overall pick from a couple of years ago. And it's, it's not look good. You know, you're, you're expecting to see uh, some improvement from the player, Donnie. And he still looks like, um, he still looks like he can't get out of his own way, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and then like so many players uh, in the past with the Canucks, they're those flashes. You know, you'll see a shot that it, you, you just can't believe. Man, there it is. There's the, the, that's, what, that's what we're talking about, that, you know, the strength, the drive to the net. You'll see it once, every, once in a while. But, you know, um, the, these guys, this Canuck management group, you know, they, and not that they made the choice of put goals in it, but they wanted to succeed. They, they don't, they're not punishing him by any means just for the sake of punishing him. They're doing that or sending him to Abbotsford or, you know, playing him at a game like that last night because it's just not there right now. And I just think that those two 2019 picks, but Colson and Hoaglander are keystone players for the Canucks. You know, if they could just elevate their game you know, I'm not going to say ever so slightly. It has to be significant. It would mean so much for, for this franchise. You know, they're the first and second round picks, and we haven't seen a whole lot. If they can, they're still young. If they could just get there, take that next step, it would mean so much to the franchise. It'd be it would be a, an unexpected bonus, but we didn't see we didn't see much last night. A little bit from Hoaglander, like mm-hmm. you said, Zap, but 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 not a whole lot. 
And that's the thing. We need to see more from these guys still. And I would say with Hoaglander, it's clear he still has more talent than a number of players vying for those types of spots. So by default, I think he makes the opening night roster, or at least he is on the roster to begin the season. But Colson can get sent down, so that's a bit easier. I wanted to ask you, though, on the back end, right? I'll name some of these guys off for you. Jet Wu, Noah Juleson, uh, Matt Irwin, Jack Rathbone. Those four players. Do you worry about losing any of those guys on waivers? I, I I would think that somebody might take a chance on Irwin, you know, um, just because he could he could you know fill a role. I mean, we see him, we saw him stick up for mm-hmm. for Hoaglander last night, and and at the very least, I know he was on for a few goals. I get that, but he's a real competitor. And, and when you're talking about a depth guy that might not cost that much, I would I would definitely worry uh, worry about him. And you know, uh, with with Jet Wu. Uh, we heard, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I went to a lot of Abbotsford games, but we heard so much about him taking a step, and we didn't see it last night. I, w- I wouldn't worry about losing him at, at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the best look for the defense. And, you know, after being in Victoria and seeing how it's all shaping up, I would say it's it's still the biggest concern for this team, Donnie. Even after adding Ian Cole and, and Carson Soucy, you're kind of you're looking at it and like, yeah, Tyler Myers still might be playing a big role for this team. It's it's kind of the the same question. It's Groundhog Day every every September. You know, Canucks worrying about how their defense is going to line up. Well, he just played Quinn Hughes sixty minutes. What are you talking about? If you can, yes, no, no, no problem at all. Uh, you know, again, um, seeing Susie play last night with Seattle, and you know what it's like. We we focus uh, as reporters and. Uh, media members and fans, we focus on players more when they play. I was really impressed the, the few times I saw Susie skate in Victoria. He, he's he's really really a nice skater for a guy that size. So sort of sounds like sort of sounds like what we said about Myers all those years ago. Yeah. So um, we'll see we'll see about that. And uh, the, I think maybe last night one of the real disappointments was Juleson. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pick on him, but the tra- training camp started. With Rick Tockett saying, "Hey, listen, I'm not a big lefty lefty fan. I'm not. I'm not a fan of guys playing on their right side. And I know Thomas has gone on about this. Drancer has gone on about, hey, Juleson was pretty good with the Hughes uh, last year. And Tockett started out with the Juleson Hughes pairing, so maybe he agreed with that. But the way he played last night, boy, I, I, I don't know if that's a possibility anymore. It's one game, so I, maybe I'm." You know, jump in the gun, that, but that's what people in Vancouver do. Yeah, I mean, we do often jump to jump the gun at times. It, it does happen. At the same time, though, I think when we look at kind of what's going on with the team and look at who these guys truly are, I mean, it's not like Ethan. You know, sorry, it's not like Noah Juleson's a player making a lot of money. He's on a two-way contract. He has a two-year deal. That's a two-way contract. Same thing for Christian Wolanin. You know, uh, Guillaume Brisebois has a two-way deal this year. Next year, it's a one-way deal. Jet Wu has a two-year deal. I mean, we're talking about guys who are signed as tweeners to begin with. You know, like it, mm-hmm. that in and of itself should tell us these guys are short term options and kind of hope bets that one of them work out. So I think as the season goes on, we were joking about this earlier and saying, I mean, does Ethan Barry not look like a better and better option for when he does get healthy for this team to sign him if they have the cap space? Well, Ethan Barry would have been their best looking defenseman last night. I yeah, mean, that, that, that's not that's not saying it, right. not not saying a whole lot, but. Yeah, I just like just just I was really surprised by that talking comment that I was talking about that he's not. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was right off the bat uh, after the first date. He said he did love 
he didn't love um, guys playing on their wrong side. So maybe that would make sense. Maybe Ethan Bear does make, you know, I mean, it's getting a little crowded, but maybe he would make a lot of sense if you're tied. He did did play Bear with Hughes last year. Maybe it it would make a sense given what talk had had said. And then, you know, uh, Susie and Cole may move down the depth depth chart a bit. We'll see. You know, um, so much of last week, uh, at least until we finally heard from Elias Pettersson, was about him and what he would say and his contract situation. I know not everybody loved exactly what he would want to say. Like, hey, would it hurt to... You know, just throw in a I love Vancouver mention uh, as you're talking about your contract situation there, Elias. But all that, kidding aside, um, the thing I wonder about with him is, is it really not a distraction for you? Because he's admittedly said, you know, some of the social media stuff and all of this had affected him early in his career. I, I wonder if this is not going to be a distraction for Elias Patterson as we get into this season. It sure, it sure looked like a distraction the other day. Mm-hmm. I mean, would, you know, when Jeff Patterson and uh, others, he looked like you wanted to bite their head, head off, heads off, like honestly. <laughs> and uh, I just thought like, maybe, and it's not in his nature maybe, but maybe a little humor was needed there. Like, you know, you know, come on, guys, what is this, the five millionth time I, I'm going to be asked this? And I don't know, it just, it just uh, somebody's got to get to him in terms of an agent or a parent or a teammate or whatever, just say, you know, you, you have to relax with this. And, and just, it's, it's almost funny the amount of attention that's being paid, paid to it. I mean, he's going to be okay. Relatively speaking, he's making seven plus right now a year. He's going to be making 10, 11 uh, plus a year in the near future. You, you've got to see that there's a lot of positives with the situation, mm-hmm. and maybe just just handle it a little bit better, and 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 see see the positives in the situation because it just looks like it looked like he just hated being a Vancouver Canuck the day he was interviewed, and I I, I just I don't see why somebody's got somebody's got to get to him. And hey, look, listen, if he's bitchy and whiny and and looks like he wants to beat or, or to bite people's heads off, and he's Putting up another 102 point season, I guess that would be okay. Mm-hmm. But judging by what I saw the other day, I I, I don't know how much he's going to enjoy things, and that might mean a reduction in points. Well, and you know that's gonna, that's my biggest question too about him this upcoming season. It's like you know what, fine, you know you can definitely take your time and and wait to the end of the season. But are you able to handle that and handle mm-hmm. that not be a distraction and still perform at a high level? And that's something he's going to have to decide, you know really figure out. And the other thing that I kind of wonder about as well is when. I just look at him and I'm like, okay, how he plays and fits in with this team. It also shows me when I, in a moment like that, when he has a hard time getting his message across, I think him not being named captain had really nothing to do. When we mentioned this before with his contract status, I just don't think number one, he's, he can really handle that or really wants to do that. And I don't think the organization probably would have the fate to be able to have him be the captain, handle things constantly in front of the media, tough questions in front of the media, be the forward-facing person for the for the organization. I just don't know if that's within his nature. And I think moments like that kind of show us why. Yeah, bang on. Uh, and last year, I, I don't know how you guys felt, but you know, whenever uh, you, you went on their website or you know in post-game interviews, Pedersen was often trotted out as the spokesman for the team. And I think it might have been, you know, them trying to get him used to that situation, just seeing how he would do. And, and, and man, 102-point season on the ice, outstanding. But in terms of, you know, what a captain is expected to do off the ice in this market, 
I, I, I don't think he did all that well. It's not the be-all and end-all, and I know most people don't care about that stuff. But as, as captain, there's a long tradition, going back to Orlando Curtinback, where you're, you're expected to answer for the team. And I just don't think that's something Elias is great at. It's not the be-all and end-all, nor do I think he enjoys it. And I don't think you want your the guy that's you know capable of putting up a hundred plus points. I don't think you want him unhappy in any way at all. And I, I don't think he would be happy in the captain's role. Uh, you know, it, it just it, it went up in this in this market, and and he, he, all of us know players in this market and other Canadian markets who have been real valiant and, and courageous in in meeting the media after you know loss after loss after loss. And, and, and no matter no matter how negative that is, they're expected to do it. And again, it might be wrong, it might be archaic, but it is expected. And I don't know if Elias is the guy for that. Hey, Donnie, uh, bon compleanno, huh? Have a good night. Oh. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> there is uh, the birthday boy, Don Taylor, joining us uh, here on Canuck Central. And uh, yes, that's a that's, uh, happy birthday in Italian. Yeah, very good. Happy birthday to the legend himself, Don Taylor. Uh, I think only PDG picked up on that. But, yes. Uh, oh, you and PDG. I will, I will not forget <laughs> the bromance between uh, Phil DiGiuseppe and... It, it was a it was it was a good interview. You should check it out excellent. on podcast. Yes, you missed it. Make sure to check it out. And I can't wait for more video to come out so you can see how these guys were looking each other in the eye and having a moment. Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. I think you guys are making way too much of it. No, <laughs> it was a good moment. It was a great moment. I thought it was fantastic. And I will say the Patterson thing. And I, I know we mentioned this on you know over the weekend or whatever. Yeah, before the media, you know, he met with the media. We were chatting with him off air. Mm-hmm. Before he jumped in, like, so we, the scrum was happening. Somebody was doing a media scrum. He was waiting kind of by the side, and we had our table set up to do interviews and yeah. where we did the show from. And Petey was just standing across from us, and we were just kind of chatting with him about, like, the Laver Cup and just stuff like that. And he was smiling, laughing, joking. It wasn't like he was walking around that day, you know, with a scowl on his face, and he was staring the media down or anything like that. And then, you know, the lights come on for the interview and, you know, for the media scrum, and obviously we all saw what happened and what it looked like. But it wasn't like he was carrying this attitude with him. And it was pretty funny because we were just talking with him right before and he was like laughing and joking about, you know, meeting Roger Federer and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, the media scrum happened. So I would say the context, it wasn't like he was walking around being a jerk to everybody. Like that wasn't the case, like off off air, off the record, just kind of chatting with him. He was very normal and he was, you know, fine and, and friendly and all that. So it wasn't like he was just like walking around being a jerk to everybody. But yeah. no, it was, he was, um, he was actually like totally normal. And then... As soon as the the yeah the scrum started, uh, the demeanor changed a little bit. And hey, when you start getting grilled under under fire, you know, I can understand. But at the same time, he should have been expecting all of those questions. Uh, no, nobody, everybody knew you were going to get them at some point, including yourself. And uh, it's look, um, I'm curious because I wonder if Pedersen is just a player that needs to. Like, as he says, just focus on hockey. A hundred percent. And so I wouldn't say I'm like overly worried about it, but I'd prefer Elias Pettersson to just go in the season with this not hanging over his head. Yeah, of course you would like that. But more than anything, just, just perform, you yeah. know, like as long as he performs, none of this matters. Like, you know, how salty he is or whatever. None of that matters. Just no. go out there and perform. And my biggest question with him had been in terms of leadership, is he a guy that can be captain or is it does it make sense for him to be captain initially i thought okay maybe he can be because of how talented he is and the aura he, he has because of how good he is but it comes down to is that something you truly want and is that within what you want to be 
And I'm with you. I think it's best for him to kind of, it's almost like Burry to Linden to some extent. Like, you know, clearly Burry was the best player on the team. And I'm not comparing Burray and all off ice or whatever. I'm just saying in terms of player and personality wise, it just made more sense for Linden to be the captain and Burry to be the captain. Yeah. I think that's a more similar thing here with Elias Pettersson. And as far as like the the media stuff, somebody texted in and said, you guys are going to drive PD from the city. Enough with this toxic speculation. But I agree with Taylor's last point. He will be unhappy dealing with you guys when we just essentially said the same thing. But as far as toxic speculation, what's the toxic spe- speculation? Is he going to sign a contract? He's eligible to sign a contract. He hasn't signed one yet. To me, toxic speculation is if we're sitting here and saying, oh, Pete Pedersen wants out. He's not happy here. He's trying to angle for a trade. We're saying, when is he going to sign a contract? That's yeah. literally the question everybody has. When and if is he going to sign a contract? And the reason he was asked about it, because on the day he met the media, was the first time he met the media in yes. Vancouver since arriving in Vancouver. He, he did interviews with he did one interview with Elliot Friedman, yeah. spoke to Swedish media at some point, but he... This was the first time he faced the media in Vancouver. Obviously, they're going to ask him, and nobody was real, a real jerk to him or anything. So I, I'd say if we get into, into the season and you see media speculating or being you know, unfair in terms of saying what he wants and he wants out of town or he's unhappy, then you, you can be fair in saying it's toxic speculation. But simply asking and wondering when he's going to sign a contract, if he's going to sign a contract in Vancouver, is a very fair and normal question. Like We've done this with every single Canucks player who has yeah. a contract up. When is he going to sign? What is he going to sign for? That's literally what happens with every single player. Oh, it would happen in any other market in the league. He is a top 10, arguably top 5 center already in the league. He would get this question no matter where he is playing. The only difference is if it's if it's in Florida, it's maybe one reporter asking it rather than, uh, you know, 10 media people and cameras, you know, huddled around waiting for him to answer these questions. Yeah, it's just asking about his future. I mean, Bo Horvath had the questions all the time. The Sedins got those questions when their contracts hadn't been signed yet. And when they were in the final year of their contracts, the question was posed to Trevor Linden when he was towards the end of his career in Vancouver. He's like, I want to keep playing. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's it's always a topic of conversation when notable players have contracts up for renegotiation yes. or up for negotiation. Like, it's just what it is. Johnny Gaudreau, how much of a conversation was it his entire last year in Calgary? Yeah. The whole season. The minute you are eligible for an extension and you're a star player, people are wondering when you're going to sign that next contract. Now, what helps is, at least with Goudreau, Calgary had a really good year. They're yeah. one of the top teams in the West. And the team was having so much success that it wasn't a front-burner topic of conversation. It came up here and there, yeah. but it wasn't a front-burner issue because it didn't seem pressing because the team could do good things. And people thought to themselves, well, if the team has success and goes far anyways, then he's probably going to re-sign. Yeah. So let's not worry about this too much. If this team gets off to a good start... They have success. Pedersen plays well. Even if he's not signed, it's going to become a far smaller topic and it's going to be less pressing. Just hope for the team to be good. That's I, all. I would also, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll just say, I don't want to speak for anybody else, so I'll, I'll say it from my perspective. As we, the media, we are, I see myself as an extension of the fan base. And if I think a, the fan base has a question that they want answered, that's a question I feel I should be asking to... Elias Pettersson, Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvine, whoever it may be, Rick Tockett. And that's how I view it when we have, you know, Canucks general manager on or Jim Rutherford. I'm not choosing my questions because this is what I want to ask. I feel these are the questions that the fan base would like to have answered. And that's exactly why Elias Pettersson is getting those questions not because we are the toxic media. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's just everyone needs to realize. I mean, I get it. The Canucks lost 10 nothing. Yeah. 
Um, but I saw a lot of people get really mad that Pedersen was asked about his future. And it's like, mm. everyone needs to relax a little bit. Just just take it easy. It's going to be all right. You know, you know what matters? This team being good. Yeah. We're at that point now. Yep. We're at that point now where you, if you want to have certainty or assurance over players being here long-term in this team, having success, it starts with this year. Because if they ain't making the playoffs, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, so you, that's what it comes down to. So I just hope it's off to a good start. People relax a little bit. We can have a little bit of fun. Pedersen hopefully signs. We can hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and we'll be good. <laughs> uh, Pedersen was not on the menu this week, though. But uh, His stock's down? Uh, I don't oh. know about that. Oh, oh, oh. He's already distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Stan Richo, Satyar Shah, you are listening to Canuck Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.